And that's a bit of the latest release from my guest, Augusta Ray. The song is called Your Ex, and it's a great one. We'll chat with her about that, plus a previous single called Waste of Lime, which is a great uh, turn of phrase. My pleasure to welcome Augusta Ray to the show. Hey, Augusta. Hey, Dave. How's it going? It is going wonderful. Always great when I get the chance to uh, sit down and chat with you. Likewise, likewise. It's uh, it's pretty rare nowadays. I know we're both busy doing our doing our own thing here and there, but it's it's always always a pleasure. Likewise, and exactly, yeah, which is great news. We're back at things uh, for a while now. We're busy, which is a great thing to be able to say. Um, most recently, I saw you. There might have been another time since, but you were at my Heart of Country Songwriter Showcase, which was at um, the Rec Room, of course, in Mississauga on April 23rd. It was a great Sunday afternoon. It was so cool to have you there sharing your originals and, of course, the great stories behind them. Totally. I love that venue. It was my first time playing the Rec Room. I love the venue. The lineup was killer, and it was awesome to see people like I haven't seen in a while, like David Boyd and James. Like, it was probably, it's probably been like two years or so, right before the pandemic since I saw him last. So it was great to see how, how much, you know, he's been doing with his career and how things have just kind of taken off for him and, you know, how more people are kind of, um, kind of in his corner now. And of course, Dean James and Rebecca Rain. So amazing, amazing. And I got to see Rosewood Avenue for the first time too, and they're, they're amazing. So just they a, are. a great afternoon all around. I'm a big fan of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cool thing about these shows. The artists, like yourself, are fans of the other artists, which I love. I also love the chance to connect people, who artists who haven't met other artists or worked with them. So you got to see Rosewood Avenue, and maybe that'll lead to some writing down the road. And like you said about David, he's doing incredible with his trio. Uh, two great musicians that have joined him on the last few shows, and uh, he was wonderful. And yeah, Rosewood Avenue coming all the way down from Matheson, which is about a seven-hour drive. They came down on that Sunday, spent the weekend, I guess, in town, and then uh, were part of my show, which was great. I know they told me about that, how, about their long drive, how they they live pretty close to Timmins, and my initial thought was, "Ooh, Shania Twain," and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was, we bonded over the fact that all three of us were Shania Twain fans. But like the dedication with the driving and everything it was uh <laughs> i was pretty impressed with that so i was just fangirling over everybody that that whole day pretty much it was a good day for me <laughs> it makes my 20 minute drive to the moonshine really seem like nothing in comparison oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is dedication that kind of driving on the weekend at the cmaos recently tim albertson drove all the way from thunder bay oh and I man think that, that's about 17 hours I, I can't imagine wow wow that's insane but that's what artists will do and uh, to join in. So that's great. Um, let's talk about your brand new single. We'll start off with that. Your ex, uh, the best thing I've been is your ex, which is a great, uh, great way to say it. It says it all right there. Tell us about this song. Yeah. You know, that song for me um, kind of broke the cycle of writing sad love songs. I was ready to write or sad breakup songs rather. I was kind of ready to write something along the lines of, you know, an angry breakup song, like Carrie Underwood has one, you know, Jody Messina has a bunch of them. And I was like, I want one. So I just, I decided to, uh, <laughs> I just kind of decided to write something a little more 
on the on the borderline mean side of um, of a breakup. And uh, you know, I, I think there's a couple phases to a breakup. There's times where you're you know you're sad and depressed about it and reflecting, which kind of was the 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 kind of the plan behind my previous single waste of lime. And then there's the part two, which is like, I'm going to wreck your car and just be angry about this kind of side. And that was kind of where your ex came in. And uh, I'm always trying to release stuff that is like relevant to like my life at like whatever phase of my life I'm going through. And I just, of course, went through one of those bad, angry breakups. And I was like, okay, time to release this. Let people know what I've been up to. And it's been a lot of being angry over something. So (laughs) your ex was a a great, uh, perfect time to release it, I think. I think it's funny how you started having doubts and she walked into your life the second I walked out. It's a coincidence, oh, how convenient. Had her on speed dial like a little side piece. Piece of me is broken. The other half is pissed. You were moving on while I was still in your bed. It took losing you to find myself prioritize my mental health. Thanks to you, I know who I am. I know I'm a bad when I say things I don't mean. I feel like a rocker or a hipster or something.
fit in your life, and I'm sure other people who have heard it who have been in a similar position in the past or currently, uh, which is a great thing about songs, they probably came up to you and said, you nailed it. Like, you, you're telling my story. Oh, always, always, which is such a blessing. And, you know, I, I think songwriters exist. You know, there's people that, of course, only write songs, don't get to perform them. And then there's, you know, people that are lucky enough, like myself, to be able to, you know, write them and then maybe write them with live in mind for that reason. And then get to perform them and share them and to connect with people. But my whole thing is connecting with people, you know, if, if I'm not connecting and I'm not, you know, sharing something that perhaps somebody else can't or isn't ready to say, then heck I'll say it for them. Cause God knows there's a bunch of people going through the same thing at the same time and breakups are universal, you know, breakups will always be there. Heartbreak will always be there. And you know, how many songs can you write about the same thing? Well, the answer is pretty much like an infinite, an infinite, amount like the way I'm gonna write a song about a breakup is gonna be different than the person next door is and that that's that's an awesome thing I think cover all the bases one hundred percent yeah you the, the songs about breakups so breakup if that's the category there are obviously thousands and on and on songs written about that and it's your take it's how you're feeling in that moment and you said there's different stages obviously in a breakup it's the obviously there's, there's the hurt stage the angry stage and then there are other ones, but I guess the final one is you're okay with it and you're good. And maybe you're even, ha well, you're probably happy ultimately, but um, you know, when you release it all. Totally. Go, it's like, oh, yeah. such relief a lot of the time, <laughs> which yeah, exactly. is sad, <laughs> but yeah, huge relief. Sometimes you're better off and sometimes it is sad. It ended because it was good, but it just ended because that happens sometimes. That's sad. But yeah, ultimately you move on, which is great. And that's the great thing about living life, which you have to do to feed your songs, because you can't just sit in a room in a vacuum, as they say, and uh, kind of make this up. It, it's much better when it's something you've lived. Exactly. Like I once heard, I forgot who, who said it, but I think it was a professor I had in... Um, in university when I was studying writing and he's like, there's no such thing as writer's block. And I was like, okay, well, I disagree with that, but go on. And he was, he was basically like, no, like there's no such thing as if you're living and if you go for walks and you take in nature and you listen to what the people around you are saying or what other people in, in your life are going through, it's like, you'll never have writer's block in your life. And it's, it's true. It's like sometimes just picking up like I'm old, I'm old school. I write with my pen, so I can't erase anything because you know an idea might be um, can be used later on. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll always um, I'll always write with my my pen, and I do this like for three minutes. I just write like random words on a page, something maybe I went through that day or something, you know, my friend was going through. And it's just, it's such a great exercise for me to kind of you know just get everything out. And a lot of the time it is just mumbo jumbo, but uh, you know. The other half of the time, it's kind of, you know, you find at least one sentence that'll work in a song or one sentence that kind of sticks out that you can kind of kind of go off of. So, yeah, I've, I I was skeptical at first, but yeah, I don't think there's such thing as writer's block if you're if you're living, you know, so. That makes sense uh, that you I know that you hear stuff and I've heard stuff in conversation and when, oh, man, that's a lyric or that's a title. You overhear it or you're in that conversation. You're not even trying to write a song and it comes out. That is so true. A headline in a newspaper or on TV. It's if you're open to it, you'll find the song ideas everywhere. I also like what you said about writing in pen because you never want to throw away an idea. Maybe it's not working in that moment, as you know, or you're not going to use it, but down the road you will. And also the mumbo jumbo, I think, is great because just letting the words flow out 
will cause something as opposed to waiting till you got this perfect idea. Just let nonsense almost fall out on the page. And out of that, you'll find something. Completely. Like I used to be a perfectionist, like in every sense of the word. Like if I, like, I remember when I started writing, if I didn't write neatly on the page, I would scrap it and I would start again. And it's just like, (laughs) it came, I learned to separate the perfectionist in my life, like to two categories, kind of, it's just, you know, there's the songwriting perfectionist where, you know, you you can't, you're allowed to write like a doctor on a page and you can, um, (laughs) you know, um, suggesting that doctors write, you know, in a messy way. But anyway, that's Absolutely. just a, that's a stereotype. But um, you're allowed to write messy. You're allowed to write whatever you want. You're allowed to just kind of um, just go all out. And then, you know, I can be a perfectionist in other areas of my life in a different way. So just separating the two has been one of the greatest challenges, but also one of the greatest things I've done. So it's been it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> It sure has been a journey for you. And we learn a bit about your journey in Vagabond, which is a previous release of yours, where you talk about the Dixie Chicks and Stevie Nicks. Those rhyme, of course. And uh, all of your influences are in there and really tells your story. Tell us a bit about Vagabond, because I know that you saw that word or you it was part of a maybe a Bob Dylan song, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, close enough. So, um, again, going back to the whole getting song ideas from TV and whatnot, I was watching a Bob Dylan interview because I'm a nerd that way. I love Bob Dylan. And then he just, he just used the word vagabond. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's a word you don't hear every day. It's a word I haven't heard for a while. And I had the title in my phone for the longest time. And then one day I was just kind of, kind of, I kind of realized, you know, I'm kind of a vagabond in a way. And uh, I was doing some cool things at the time. I was uh, touring with Big and Rich and Chase Adkins, which was really, really cool. And I was like, well, I'm living off a of dry shampoo and I'm living in a moving vehicle. I'm kind of a vagabond. And <laughs> now, now, now was a great time to uh, to write to write a song about it, uh, a song about it, kind of. So that's exactly what I did. And uh, now we have Vagabond out in the world, which is which has been a great song for me. And it's done some cool things things for for me and uh definitely tells my story so it's a good one for me definitely and a part of your story is carnegie hall oh yeah i haven't talked about this in a while yeah but when i was uh by the time i was 13 years old i got to sing uh sing solo at Carnegie Hall twice and and, uh, I was into classical music and you know music that has been around longer than you know most of our grandparents have been alive and it was just uh, I loved classical music I had such an interest in it but as I got older you know I I had the thirst for connecting with people and I realized that for me personally my you know interest in classical music or my my time on stage that I spent singing classical music, I wasn't allowing myself to connect with as many people as I would have liked. And I, I figured that country music did that for me. You know, when I started um, stealing my dad's guitars and writing my own kind of music, my own un, like unintentionally relatable stuff, you know, breakups I had never gone through. I was really young at the time and I was just writing, you know, breakup songs or sad songs and, um, you know, love songs, uh, you know, emotions, you know, as a, as a kid, I never really entirely got to experience, but again, I just kind of surrounded myself with what everybody around me was going through and I was just writing songs about it. And uh, that was when I fell in love with country music. Cause I realized like how universal country lyrics are and country riffs are and even country guitar playing. And um, it just kind of changed everything for me. Carnegie Hall was cool, but it's, 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 uh, I love country music festivals even more i think you'd probably choose the grand old opry over carnegie hall oh any day any day <laughs> there's a song lyric in there i choose the opry over carnegie hall oh i like 
that. But mind you, mind you, if Carnegie Hall asked me to go back and do a show, I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah, I can't. Sorry. I, yeah. I've already committed to only the opera. You're right. Yes. Any opportunity is a good one. But I think that's so great that you found country music. And I think people do at different times in their lives. Either you grew up with it or maybe you've gotten to a certain age where you can relate to it more and you get past the stereotypes if you thought of it in that way. And then you realize, oh, my God, this is amazing music. But I've talked to a lot of people who come into it or to it, found it later in life or, or, or whatever stage, but later on because they could relate to it. Exactly. And it's so funny because not even on the relatable side, but just the whole I, I liked country when country wasn't cool kind of thing. Like my dad was a musician before before I was born and you know, he would meet guitar players who would just refuse to play country. And he realized, you know, as he got older and he was in the business a little longer, like people refused to play country, not because it wasn't good music or not because, you know, it wasn't cool to be country, maybe for some people, but a major like the main reason why a majority of, you know, his musical friends weren't playing country music was because a lot of the licks and chicken picking of country music at the time were so intricate and so so hardcore and so difficult to learn that people just didn't want to admit that they couldn't play the licks, which I found very interesting. I found very interesting. You know, it's the country's sure. too. I, ha I hate country. It's like, no, you don't hate country. You just can't play country. Right. So I found that very, I found that very interesting. <laughs> but that is, wow. That's, that's interesting to the, the kind of the story behind why, because you're right. It's some of it's very intricate and people tend to think or sometimes that that it's simple but no sometimes obviously a simple country song is simple but no the rest of it is yeah Keith Urban on guitar and Brad Paisley and all these other guys Jeff Brown our guy mm -hmm. in our area and across Canada with the washboard union I mean and, and on and on um, yeah it's pretty complex and there's so much talent that it requires completely completely I'm very jealous <laughs> <laughs> we got so yeah, some great guitar players who you look I mean I don't play guitar at all but I'm sure for a lot of guitar players you look at some of these guys and think it's quite amazing um, let's talk more about your songwriting journey so that is such a big thing I mean in all genres but country music seems to really focus on the songwriting uh, take us back I know I've asked you this before but what was the first song you wrote or one of the first songs and what was uh, compelling you to write it I think maybe about a fake boyfriend um close very close i think a dead <laughs> dog maybe no i'm kidding um <laughs> no um I, I don't even know what it was about i uh, oh i do okay so the first song i wrote it was called when you go home and it was about absolutely nothing maybe like maybe like one of my brother's toxic relationships that he was in but i showed it to my dad my dad heard me playing it and he's like oh i'm gonna I want to arrange this and this isn't half bad. I want to work on it. So it's funny. It's like, we, we would just jam on it in the basement and, you know, he was, my dad was very encouraging and he still is like my biggest fan, you know, on this music yeah. journey. So the fact that he just kind of, and I didn't play guitar at the time when I wrote the song, I just like pulled it out of my back pocket and he put music to it. And uh, so when I play the song live today, absolutely not, but it was definitely <laughs> my first, my definitely, my like first introduction to melody writing and lyric writing and it didn't for me it didn't it didn't make sense really but looking back it's like okay well this verse made sense or this verse would make sense in this kind of a song or this would make sense in this kind of a song so the line the lines were interesting but it wasn't um collectively a great <laughs> a great song <laughs> for a nine-year-old to write but I don't know 
know. It's a, it's a little some deep lines. I asked me to remember a line. I would not be able to do that. It's in the archives somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the first song I ever wrote. It was called When You Go Home. And it was absolutely, uh, my dad thinks it was a masterpiece, but it was, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're nine years old, so I can't imagine how deep or how amazing the lyrics would be only because you're nine years old. I'm sure they were great, as you said. But when you put it in that context at that age, it's such a great place to start. Um, the fact that you did it in the first place and you had that in you to get out. And then, uh, of course, it's wonderful that your dad, who is also in music, encouraged you because that obviously fueled that or fanned that fire. Yeah, I watched a lot of Dr. Phil, so it was. <laughs> I, you'd be surprised how deep those lyrics were. It was like, oh, it was, oh it was wow. Almost, it was like almost like, is this kid okay? Like <laughs> a little you concerning. Were, you were watching Dr. Phil at nine years of age. Oh, you bet I was. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not? probably, I'm like an unlicensed psycholo psychologist just from watching all the Dr. Phil. Oh, there you go. You can, uh, yeah. you can do song, can, song therapy. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, the way people <laughs> diagnose themselves, like on Google, like I, I can diagnose you probably <laughs> just like without the Google, if you know what I'm saying. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you, you have this and it's by no, it, it would be by no means correct it's just you know it's like google diagnosing yourself <laughs> so, you, so are you good at when you um meet somebody or even if you know them and they're talking you can kind of figure out where they're coming from and maybe a solution for them or you um, think you can well i can't prescribe medication usually the answer is medication <laughs> <laughs> no, right. that's out of that's out of my i know that's out of my uh that's out of my uh but you can help them with your words and say, I think you're feeling this way and maybe you need to try this. Or listen to this song. I can do that. Oh, I'll just send there them, you go. Just, just send them a playlist of stuff to make them feel better. Because <laughs> medicine too, right? <laughs> if you're angry, listen to this. If you're in love, listen to this playlist, etc. Yeah. If you're sad, listen to Waste of Wine by Augusta Ray. If you're happy, listen to Your Ex by Augusta Ray. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also by Augusta Ray. And, uh, you'll, you'll there you go. It's kind of... It's therapy, it's self-promotion, it's all everything rolled into one. It, everybody wins that way. Yeah, works harder, <laughs> not harder. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Is there a song for you, Augustine, now not one of yours in this case, but that you turn to either if you're feeling down or up or song? What, what songs do you, let's stick with when you're feeling kind of uh, low and you just want to feel good or feel comforted? Yeah, I love Landslide. Landslide is my favorite song of all time. And like I was working on, I forgot which, I think it was the Carnival Vista. I work, for those of you listening, I work for Carnival Cruise Line. I'm a guitar soloist with them. I've been doing that for about four years now and I absolutely love it because I get to meet people from all over the world and, you know, people from all kinds of different um, musical interests. You know, a lot of our guests are into, into everything and I love taking requests and sometimes people will request country music and then sometimes people will request black sabbath so gotta learn how to play it all so that's been fun <laughs> but um we had we had i love getting requests like i said and one time we had a guest who um he gave me the best request i've ever received he wrote on a napkin and came up to the stage and just dropped it at my feet and i read the napkin and he said play the song that first made you fall in love with music and i'm like well well dang <laughs> that's like the best request i've ever gotten and I played Landslide by Stevie Nicks, and uh, it was, it, it's still to this day, it's one of my favorite songs, it always has been. And I remember one year on my birthday, I was, uh, I was driving and I was listening to, 
uh, the radio and landslide came on and because it was my birthday it just made me so sad usually the song is such a nice like happy thing for me it makes me feel good and all warm and fuzzy inside but because it was my birthday and there's there's that line of like getting older and that whole thing and I was like oh well dang like the universe wanted me to hear this today and <laughs> so it really did that's one of those songs for me it could go either way so just a very reflective song yeah so, yeah so interesting kind of yeah, so some songs depending on the mood we're in yeah could certain lines could stand out um and hit us differently depending on where we are Totally. <laughs> That's true, but that line about, yeah, getting older, right? It's kind of, yeah, it can hit you, and especially on a birthday, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let, <laughs> let's talk about Waste of Lime. First of all, it is a great song, a great vibe to it, and, of course, a takeoff on Wasted Time. Um, so I like that. I love a clever title to start with, and then uh, and then the rest of it's amazing. Tell, tell us about this song. Yeah, I was, um, you know, going back to the whole cruise ship thing, I met somebody working on working on that same ship, the Carnival Vista, and it was a great relationship at first until it wasn't, and uh, the song is just kind of my my ode to Mexico and how I fell in love there and how I fell out of love there, and it's uh, it's one of those sad girl summer type songs. I released it in August of, uh, of 2022, and for me, the song was just, I was in, like I mentioned before, the, the two stages of any breakup. I was in my sad reflective stage, and it took me a while to kind of get to the point of being able to write the song because every time I would try to, you know, pick my guitar up, I'd be like, hey, I'm not ready yet, and that's okay. I'm not ready yet, and that's okay. And eventually I was ready, and I knew what I wanted to write about, and I knew I needed some kind of Mexican reference. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, Lime. Lime is great, even though, even though oddly enough in Mexico and in Latino culture, they think that like lemons and limes are called the same thing. They call it limon. Like both things are called the same thing. So am I talking, am I talking about a lemon or a lime? We may never know. Like <laughs> it's, so, it's so, it's, I find that kind of ironic now looking back, but yeah, no, that was just kind of my sad reflective side for summer type song and uh, did really cool things for me. And it was kind of my, my first release in a while, you know, after Fall in Love and Get Tattoos. So it was a special one to release and I knew I wanted it to come from a place of just complete honesty and vulnerability. And uh, that's where Voice of Lime came from. If I knew we would end the way we did, I would have drank top shelf all night long. I'd make you pay for what you did. Keep the tequila coming strong. How was I supposed to know that? There'd be trouble in paradise Cause of some girl back home Talking in your ear, making you think twice I've never been the kind to admit that I was wrong But I'll admit that I was wrong about you So tonight, I booked a first-class solo flight To the place it came together Tell you what I'm gonna do
Yeah, it's a great song. People can relate to it if they've gone through it or they can just enjoy the vibe of it. You mentioned that great title of, of one of your songs, Fall in Love and Get Tattoos. And again, there's something else. I mean, I can't relate to the tattoo part, but some people do fall in love and then they get a tattoo. I know, yeah. As, as someone with a bunch of random tattoos, I'm I'm here to tell you don't do it because laser tattoo removal is expensive nowadays. And I just, I got you back. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice because once it's kind of permanent at that point or or pretty much until you, like you say, get somebody to remove, to remove it or change a letter in it to something else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah or, or black it out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Then you got all these black marks on your arm of, you know, uh, and then adding new names as you go. But that's another cool song of yours. Uh, Dream co-writers, I ask this all the time, and I know I've asked asked it of you before, and it can change from week to week, year to year. But right now, Augusta, who is that person you'd like to reach out to by text or drop sliding into their DMs, as the kids say, and and ask them uh, to write with you? Hmm, There's a bunch of, you know, co-writers that... I've, you know, people that I've, you know, dreamed of writing with for a while. And then I see some of my friends in the country music community and they get to write with these <laughs> amazing people. And I'm like, oh, I'm jealous. Do you want to do like a three-way, a three-way write? That would be great. Just like hook me up with your connections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, I've never asked that, but I've, I've dreamed of it. Um, Lainey Wilson. I love Lainey Wilson nowadays. I, I was a little late to the party on her, um, but she, her new... Her new album is amazing. Um, Bell Bottom Country, absolutely love it. Uh, Lainey Wilson's awesome. I love her. She's such a badass as well. And yeah, I love her. Um, who else? You know, you know, I have an obsession with Donovan Woods, who's a great, uh, great writer from Sarnia, Ontario, that um, has written songs for some amazing people like Tim McGraw and Lady A, and he's he's one of my favorites as well. But Geneal Towns. Oh, there's so many of them. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, send, I'll send you a nice color-coded list through email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's about, I look forward to that. Yeah, exactly. I know it's a long list because there's so many people 
that uh, are great and that you would like to write with. Have you ever written a song, Augusta, specifically? Maybe you didn't get a chance to send it to them, but, uh, you know, I'm going to write a Miranda Lambert type of song. Did, and maybe even just using them as the framework for the song. Yeah, totally. Uh, my song Fall in Love and Get Tattoos, I wrote that, uh, I wrote that with Heather, uh, Heather Little, who is, has become a great friend of mine. Um, she's out of Texas, and uh, she actually wrote Gunpowder and Lead um, with Miranda Lambert. So going into a session with her, my initial thought was, okay, I'm not going to ask her to, you know, to be like, okay, let's write a song for Miranda, or let's do this, or let's try to get Miranda to cut her song. I didn't want to kind of go into the session with that, but of course my sure. subcon, of course my subconscious <laughs> was like, okay, let's write a song for Miranda. Um, <laughs> so Fall in Love and Get Tattoos was kind of, I think, the perfect mix of um, badassery, but also, yeah, badassery is a word. Um, badassery, <laughs> it is now. Badassery and kind of, you know, something sweet and kind of reflective and something, you know, lovey-dovey um, that, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I could hear Miranda singing that. I don't, I don't know. And yeah. Heather said the same thing and um, I felt pretty confident about it after we, we finished writing the song. But yeah, it was kind of a happy accident, that song. So I wasn't writing with the intention of Miranda to, you know, cut it, but at the same time, I also was, so. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit of both. That's great. That's that's really cool to hear. Uh, we'll, we'll get set to wrap up here in just a moment, Augusta. Um, advice I'm going to ask you now. Um, for artists starting out when you start, you know, around the same time you started out, early teens, and what would you say to them? Uh, not so much on the business front, but maybe to keep them inspired and keep them at it. Yeah, a um, couple things. Like, you know, we were talking about looking for inspiration everywhere possible. I think that is super important. Um, again, it doesn't always have to be, the inspiration doesn't always have to come from your life, but I think just taking inspiration from everybody around you, what people around you are going through. You know, sometimes maybe your friends will listen to a song you wrote and maybe eventually you'll have that experience where a friend is like, hey, did you write that about me? And then you wink at them and go, no. Um, I think just taking that, you know, to into consideration, I think that's super important. But also, you know, if you're, if you're young and starting out, even older and starting out, there's going to be a lot of phase, a lot of phases that you find yourself in of the of who you are. I think just embrace every single phase. You know, when I started, I was wearing a cowboy hat and boots, and I embraced that. I embraced that phase. And then once I realized that it was lame and it wasn't who I was, because I'm born in Toronto and I'm a city girl, um, I just I embraced the next phase. So I think just being a hundred percent real and being you know who you are even though you might not know who you are at first um i think just what the best idea you have of who you are just kind of portray that um until the next phase comes along like look at shania twain now she's wearing all these all these funny wigs and stuff you know i think <laughs> phase of phases and evolution you know it, it's constant in, in our lives and uh that's just, just something to embrace altogether. so yeah, it's so true. Yeah, you change, you evolve, and you go with that. And uh, the other thing you mentioned there, just because somebody is a country artist, especially if you're in Toronto, you don't need to wear a hat or try, unless that's <laughs> you. If that's you, that's great. But if you're trying to uh, be country, to put it on, that's not good, obviously, but uh, certainly people can wear it. But like you said, you realized that wasn't who you were, and then you evolved. But what I love about you, Augusta, is your, I mean, obviously your personality, but your amazing songs, your songwriting, and you just give your all when you're up on stage. So it's uh, always a pleasure. 
Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you. I've been chatting with Augusta Ray. And again, thanks, Augusta. I also, before I wrap up, actually want to wish you an amazing summer of shows and on the cruise. Just update us. I know by the time this airs, you will be on a wonderful <laughs> cruise. Are you there all summer? Um, I'll be there until the end of June. I'm just doing a little two-week fill-in oh. they asked me to do. So, yeah, I'm heading to uh, fly into Nolens, New Orleans, New Orleans, whatever you want to call it. I feel like I'm I like not. The first way. I feel, yeah, I know. I feel like because I'm from Canada, I have to call it New Orleans. I feel right. like Nola. I have to be from there. So, any Louisiana fans listening, please don't judge me too harshly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll be heading onto the Carnival Glory for a couple of weeks just to do some guitar soloing. So I'm looking forward to getting back at it. So it should should be good. But I'll be back. By the end of June, I got some shows in my own backyard here um, in Ontario, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Looking forward to seeing some familiar faces, some new faces, all the faces. All the faces, exactly. And people can check out your socials and your website uh, for specific dates throughout the summer. Thank you so much, Augusta. Always a pleasure, and we'll chat with you soon. Sounds like a plan, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. Once again, I have been chatting with Augusta Ray. Her brand new single is called Your Ex. You can stream that on all major streaming platforms. I'm Dave Woods. Keep on keeping it country.